And now, here's Robert. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the PhotoFax Podcast. It's a beautiful day in Southwest PPA Conference in Frisco, Texas. I am here with my <laughs> guest co-host. <laughs> what are you laughing about? <laughs> Good morning, Vietnam. <laughs> Good morning, Vietnam. We're rocking from the DMZ all the way to Da Nang. That was kind of a little bit crazy, wasn't it? I love Robin Williams. We have a special guest here. My name is Robert, and guess what his name is? Robin Williams. No, it's not. <laughs> he is the real Robert Southerth. Southerth. Am I saying that right? Sutterth. Sutterth. English is my second language. We're just going to call you the better Bob. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we actually kind of met in the sandwich shop, didn't we? We did. We did. And I just thought, you know what? I am going to uh, to have this young man on my show because I see you have a lot of jingle jangles. Yeah. I bought them at... (laughs) <laughs> I got to make Costco. I want to know how many Cracker back Jack boxes it took for you to get <laughs> a whole bunch. <laughs> it is awesome. Well, in the short time of talking to you, I found out that you're a past president of Texas and PBA. And Southwest. And Southwest. So what do you think about the Southwest conference we have going on now? It's great. It's great. Yeah. That's it. We just got great. Come on. It's like a 20 minute podcast. We've got to have more than great. Oh, well. It's, and you can uh, talk about anything you want. It's really, really great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really, really great. <laughs> oh, this is going to be a long one. So, with being past president, okay, if you could give advice to the current Texas president of PPA, what would you tell him? <laughs> Come on, we'll put you on the spot. Oh, wow. Only just, people in Australia listen to this. You're safe. <laughs> just keep up the good work. And uh, really, they're coming up with some new and great ideas. And it's just everything is growing and looking good and very positive. And it's just, you know, it feels good that I was back there then when they were starting out and they've carried it. Without me. <laughs> That's what you do. You train them to do it without you. Is that, right. is that what we try it's to do? kind of like being a parent. You, yes. You yes. Raise your Just children like to. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love that. Now, let's talk about these jingle jangles because you said to me earlier that you're a life member of Texas Association of Southwest and PPA. Yes. So, how do you get to be a life member? You, you get, get to old. Be old? <laughs> I knew I liked him. <laughs> There you go, people. PPA, Life Members, God's Waiting Room. (laughs) So I want to know, you've been a PPA member for how long? 40, well, since 1970, 46 years. The PPA was around back then? It was. Okay, I know that. I'm just, my okay. listeners are probably being Literally, shocked. I have, you actually froze for a moment. I did. That shocked you. Just a little bit. I have never seen you speechless before, ever. Well, you have, it didn't but. last long. <laughs> wow. So 40, that's back in awesome. 1970, what was your main reason for joining PPA? Now, this we're talking about the film days, studio. We're, to me, we're talking about the classic days of, of photography. Right. Uh, I wanted to be a professional photographer, and 
belonged to the local guild, and everybody was talking about PPFA and said that's the way to go, and I joined and have not regretted it. Not a second. Not a second. So now what about the young kids today that are wanting to be photographers? And the reason we talk about this, because a lot of our listeners are probably on that you know, line where I could be a member, could not. I don't know if there's a benefit for me. You know, what does the PPA do for me? It provides a base to learn. Uh, they've got so many educational programs, uh, the conventions, the seminars, the insurance, free insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just I have friends all over the country that I can call and get help from. They call me. It's just um, to me, it's the only way to go. It's wow, the networking opportunities you get. Exactly. I mean, I guess since 1970, you must have a, know a lot of people. I do. I even know you. <laughs> <laughs> now, that, that could be really, really hard. Now, you shooting still today? Am I what? Do you still shoot? Yes. You do? Yes. Well, tell us what's your favorite thing to photograph. Uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to say naked women, that's fine, too. Uh, yeah, or naked women. <laughs> <laughs> Does that pay much? <laughs> no. <laughs> Naked women don't have any money. <laughs> no. Well, of course not. They don't have any pockets. She learns fast. She does learn pretty fast. That, that's kind of crazy. You've met my husband. I pretty much have to hold my own. <laughs> yes, that's absolutely true. So when you're, so let's talk, let's talk about your business right now. How has your business today changed from what it was in 1970? You know, with the digital revolution, all the extra people that we see coming into the industry. What has business-wise changed for you? It is totally different. It's more, when we were in the film industry, we didn't have all the new people wanting to get in because they couldn't look at the back of the camera and see what they got. Right. They would wait for a week to get the proofs back and find out that, they blew the whole thing and n- <laughs> nothing worked but with digital now it's a reinforcement when you can see what you're doing immediately mm-hmm. there's so many advancements in uh apps and i mean you can do just about anything you want to do uh in photoshop and in lightroom and using the filters and topaz filters and nick filters and it's just unlimited and uh, it is so encouraging to see the new people getting into photography and coming to the gills and being encouraged to join PPFA. And so many are doing that now that they're going to the Texas school, they're coming to the PPFA conventions, they're coming to the Texas conventions, and they're learning. And they, in just two or three years, they're hanging prints, and it just makes me feel so good that they're doing that because there's a lot of people out there that they won't go anywhere or do anything to learn, and they just want to take pretty pictures and sell it for pennies, <laughs> peanuts, and they think they're a professional photographer, and they are so missing the boat. If they want to do something, do it right and, 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 and build everybody's business, not pull away from somebody right I, I think that's right now so do you think that photographers like today in the digital age 
because there's no cost of film or more creative than what we were when we shot film. Absolutely. Because just everything they were able to do. Yeah, there that was, was like my no, question no too. Limit. Do you see a, I guess, a increase in the level of creativity today a- as opposed to? Absolutely. You go into the uh, print room now where they're having a print competition and the work is just, you look at it and say, wow, how did they do that? It's so creative. It's just, it blows my mind. And it's, you know, as long as I've done it, I'm having to work and work and work to keep up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that that does happen a lot. So now on marketing and stuff like that, back in the days, and let's say 1970 when you joined the PPA, you know, it was pretty standard practice for, like, marketing that you went and took out a Yellow Page ad. Exactly. And that's not something that even people even think about. Most of the young kids don't even know what Yellow Pages is. Exactly. So how do you stay current? in today's industry getting people to your business uh google facebook uh internet uh things like that word of mouth and posting and staying on the social media okay now now, now this is going to be really don't take this the wrong way but you're an old dude you've been around forever and you're going to tell me you know how to use social media I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, there's the secret of success. No matter how old you are, learn how to use social media. So what's your favorite one? Are you on Instagram? Facebook. Facebook is your is your favorite one? Yes. I, I love that. I want to start following you on Facebook because I want to see what you're doing. Oh. <laughs> I think it's going to be fun. We'll to put, I'm going to find you on Facebook, and I'm going to put that in the show notes so our listeners can follow you as well. Okay. Now, so you have a Google Plus page, obviously, for your uh, business. Just started one. Just started one. So you're doing everything yourself. You're not hiring a company out to do your social media I have a local company that I'm personal friends with, mm-hmm. and they're setting me up. So we... Well, you can, you can tell them the name. It's fine. Uh, it's... Uh, your web pro. Yourwebpro.com. Right. In Lubbock, Texas. In Lubbock, Texas. Yes. Are they going to be at the uh, at the meeting this month when I speak so I can meet them in person? I uh, doubt it. I don't know. Because <laughs> they sound like they could be a really good vendor for the PPA. They could. Get some of that money back, right? They you're could. Gonna, you're going to be at the show, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, for the listeners that don't follow me all the time, I will be speaking in Lubbock. I think it's the third Monday of the month. I think, I think it's so. the third Monday yes. of the month. I think so. If you follow me on social media, you'll figure it out when I'm on the road. And I understand yeah. from Oklahoma City, that's a long drive. Oh. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just gave me the eye like, oh, yeah, I don't know what to say here because you're screwed. No, I sleep and my wife drives, and when we get here, she wakes me up. You know what, Terry? That's what you need to do for Deal. me. Deal. I'm in. You drive, I will sleep. I am okay with both of those. No, Terry's phone is blinking. Who's calling? Woodland, California. Reject. I wonder who that is. Hit the reject on that button. All right. Well, this is going pretty well, I'd say. So for um, so let let's talk. This one thing I want to talk about is you've been around for a long time, and I actually started as a film photographer. So I've shot a lot of film, and. You know, to me, there's some things that we can still do in film. I mean, you could do it digitally, but I think a lot of people try and do it in Photoshop that may not work as well. So for me, film photography, like one thing it did great was like extreme long exposures. You know, you could use a manual camera on bulb 
and do an eight-hour sky exposure and get the streaking of the stars where, you know, with digital, you don't want to leave your sensor open that long because it'll just burn it up or it'll burn out. So is there anything that you miss about film that you don't get to do now in digital? No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I am so glad you said that. Oh, that just pretty much <laughs> killed no, that perfect. line of questioning. <laughs> that just, like, shot me down quickly. You want me to ask a question? You can ask a question if you like, because I'm bombing over here. <laughs> Robert's killing Robert. Okay, so you are a lifetime member of your local guild, right? Yes. You're a lifetime member of your state. Yes. Texas, lifetime member of Southwest, and a lifetime member of the PPA. Yes. I don't have any dues. <laughs> and you only get that when you get old. That's right. <laughs> well, but to get that, you have to serve, right? Because everything's setting up. If I remember, if I understand now, which is, this is new to me, so that's why I'm asking for clarification. Okay. At the local guilds and even through the Southwest level, they have fellowship points, right? Right. And that you can earn through service and print competition and that kind of thing. And the more fellowship points you get, eventually you can earn a lifetime membership. It's not something that you just get to pay dues for 50 years and become one. You actually have to serve and give back. Exactly. Well, that that makes sense. Yes. Excuse me. I, I love that. That's a, that's a good clarification. So what kind of camera do you shoot now? Canons. Oh, okay. So let's have a, let's, why did you choose Canon? <laughs> you really want to know the truth? Oh, I just want to know the truth. Yes. Okay. Our uh, listeners want to know that, you know, one of our number one questions that we get all the time is, I want to be a professional photographer. Which camera should I buy? Okay. So we always have discussion about Nikon and Canon and which one is Which better. one's right for you? Okay. Uh, Canon and Nikon both are equal in my view. When I was shooting film, I had a whole arsenal of Nikon cameras. When they started coming out with digital, Nikon had a color crossover problem that they really didn't acknowledge, but we knew it. And Canon did not have that problem, and I'm not putting down Nikon. Oh, it's okay. You can. But I decided that I would go Canon, and I sold all my Nikon equipment, and I stayed with uh, Canon. And since Nikon has got the problem solved, they're just either one is equal. Yes, they're they're both great cameras. So you just switched, and I completely understand because I've shot Nikon. I've shot basically everything. Uh, my first camera was an Argus 35C. Remember those bays, the brick? Mine was a Yashica. Yashica, you had the GL? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had that, and I think they let me use that because it was bulletproof, basically. And I really couldn't tear it up, and they figured that, you know, I would put a roll of film through it, come back with nothing, and I would be done. But right. yeah, I really just fell in love with it. Well, I don't know if he told you, but to clarify, he spent 20 years as a combat cameraman in the Air Force. Oh, so, really? Yeah, that's where... Yeah, so I, I spent time in the Air Force. So technically, I was a photojournalist, but anyway, got to travel the world taking photos. So Great. shot Nikon when I got out of the military. And, you know, we've been shooting, you know, Nikon digital cameras for some years already, but... Nikon only had the D100 and the D1, and they were both like super overpriced. 
and the color, I remember people actually hacking the D100 firmware to try and get a different color off of the, uh, because they had the Mode 3A or something like that back then for the color. So I switched to Canon for like four years. And it was really rough because all my, all my Nikon guys were like dogging me hard. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, and I shot with the 20D and the 30D and the 10D. <clears throat> and then Nikon finally announced after like three or four years that we're going to come up with a 10 megapixel camera, five frames a second, and it's going to be less than $2,000. And mm. I, I said, if that ever happens, I will sell all my Canon gear and go back to Nikon. <laughs> and the D two hundred came out, and I switched back. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and see, my whole logic is: I'm a girl. I picked up the Nikon, and all my fingers fit where it was supposed to fit. And I picked up the Canon, and it didn't feel the same way. So I picked up the Nikon back up and paid for it. Well, I mean, realistically, and you know this as a film photographer, you know, it's just a light tight box. Oh yes, that, that's all. Now it's got a lot more bells and whistles with digital, but. It's still just a light type box. That's exactly right. It's a person behind the camera. That makes the difference. Exactly. It's a nut behind the wheel that might be loose. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Just like I read on Facebook recently that a man went into a very, very nice restaurant Uh and had a meal. And uh, he talked to the owner and said that was... A very good meal. I said, well, I have a, a you know, I, I, I may be forgetting what I'm, I was talking you're, about. You're doing good. Oh, oh, oh uh, she talked to him and knew he was a photographer. And he said that, uh, or told him that, says, you take very nice pictures. You must have a great camera. So when he got through eating, well, he called her back over there and he said, that was a delicious meal. I says, you must have had a very, very good stove. <laughs> And, and that's that's a pretty standard joke we tell a lot. Oh yes, but it but it's true. You know, I just want to say that I, I'm an okay cook. I mean, I can do <clears throat> I can do okay most of the time. But you I'm have a good stove. Down. Well, I got some of those emerald, you know, the the chef emerald pans. The guy yeah. goes bam. Yeah. Okay, so I got some of those. I still burn eggs all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it said professional cookware set. I thought it was going to make me a professional chef, and I was just completely wrong. Uh, yes. <laughs> well, you know, there's a resurgence right now with a lot of the young people to come back to shooting film. I'm not sure if you've seen that in your area or not. Not really in my area, but I'm I'm aware of it, yes. Yes, we have a lot in Oklahoma City that are a coming lot. back to film. Yes. Uh, and I think a lot of it has to do because, you know, they're young. They're, they're young 20-somethings. They've been in a digital world all their life. They've never experienced that film technology, you know, that we always talk about. Um, but when I was thinking about shooting film, and you know, I, I can shoot a couple rolls of film a day, and you know, I know how to use a camera still. Mm-hmm. The one thing that I like about digital photography is the ability to change my ISO from frame to frame without having to read Exactly. The do, you, do you have the same thing? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> but I admire the people that are researching the film. It's like history. Uh, when I was in high school, I hated history, and now then I love history and going to the battlefields and seeing things. And these people, for there for a little bit, you know, you talk to somebody like, 
what's film? I've never shot film. And they're going back and researching it to find out where we came from. Yes. And I think that's great. I think it's pretty awesome. What was your favorite film back in the day? Uh, Plus X. Plus X. That was rated 125. Right. That was pretty awesome. That's right. Now, was that Plus X orthochromatic? So it was, it was, orthochromatic, so it was like blind to blue? No. No? It was panchromatic. So it was panchromatic, so it still had all the colors. Yes. Now, all the film people out there are going to be researching what we just got done talking about. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give them any hints. Don't give them any hints. Yeah, so, you lost me at Canada. So they probably same. wouldn't know anything about, like, you know, Agfa Fine, Ag, what is it, uh, Agfa, AccuFine developer. Did you ever use any of that? Uh, yes. And then, you know, we had the D76 that would mix. Right. God, that was, were that the good old days? Uh, they were. <laughs> I, I think it was awesome. I and just, and no matter how how often you bathed, you would smell like fixer. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> you always knew if you were doing a blind date with a photographer. You could smell them from a mile away. That's right. Did you have stop bath stains on your fingers? <laughs> right. Your fingers were all brown. <laughs> it was magic. I, I didn't spend a lot of time with film, but... The first time I ever saw somebody do it was in the darkroom with them when they developed the roll of film, you know, and you put in the whole thing and you shake up the developer and then you have to rinse it. And then eventually you get to the point that you'll cast the light on the paper and you put the paper in the developer and all of a sudden magically this print just forms right there. It, yes. It's the coolest thing ever. Oh, yes. It is so hard. It is just freaking cool. It stops your heart, I think. And I think that has captured more people to get into photography than anything is to see that develop. Come it's up magic. From it, is, it is. It's, I it's would awesome. like to see the magic of photography come back today because I think that digital, it's it's um, you know I, I, we've discussed about being creative. We're, we can still be very creative in digital photography, if not more. But I think that the film had a magic to it. It did because you didn't see it. You just had to know. You were the magician. You had to know that box was working. Exactly. So at the end of the day, you could process, you could make those prints, and then, you know, you didn't have a proofing gallery. You didn't have any. The first time they came into the studio and saw it, here's here, this is it. You actually saw a print. You didn't look on a monitor or you know in your underwear sitting at home. You got to actually be in the studio and see this print. And I think that 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 was magic. It was. It was. And uh, I think we've lost a little bit with the, with the digital photography. The magic is, is kind of gone a little bit. It has. And the camera has taken over. It's not the person behind the camera. It's the camera. Like, the, the I, got better, oh, okay. I got a better camera than you've got. You know, that type of a, Correct. Of a thing. And it's, you know, going back to, well, Ansem Adam. Adam's used basically a box with a lens on it and a and a back and a plate that was it and a plate and that was it and uh look at what he turned out and people don't understand that they expect the camera to do it for them they don't Mm -hmm. want to learn the, the basics of why and so the thing of going back to film i think is bringing it all alive for people and getting them excited so if they can do film and digital, it just makes it more real to them. I, I think that's awesome. And you know, as you're sitting here with this passion, because I can see the passion in your face about film, we, I think we need to talk to 
the PPA and all these different organizations and let's bring in some film-based classes. I mean, wouldn't you get a kick out of having a darkroom class? That would be so awesome. 60, 60 people in a darkened room watching one photographer trying to get trying to dodge and burn an 11 by 16 easel. I think that'd be awesome. You know, one thing, I used to work for tech in the um, media department. By tech, you mean Texas Tech? Yes. The Texas Tech. The Texas Tech. The Texas Tech. Lubbock, Texas. Home of Buddy Holly. Really? Are you kidding me? Seriously? Seriously. You didn't know that? No, I did not know that. I forget you were born in Spain. Yeah, but I love Buddy Holly. Uh, By the way, he was from Lubbock. That was the day the music died. Right? That's American Pie, the day the music died. Yeah. Buddy yeah. Holly died, Ricky Valens, and there was Big one Bumper. More. Big Bumper. And yeah. They all died in the plane wreck. Yep. Wow. And he's from Lubbock, Texas. Yes. I'm going to get to go to Lubbock, Texas. Oklahoma connection. My to new, that crash. My wife. Did you know this? What, what's the Oklahoma connection? Um, I think it's is it Merle Haggard? One of the old time it was, was in one of their bands, and he was supposed Wale, to be on that flight. Waylon Jennings. Jennings, that's it. Was, supposed, was in one of their bands, and he was supposed to be on that plane, and he swapped suites. You're kidding me. Mm-mm. And his son just wrote a book about him. I'm going to have to get that because that, that would be an awesome book. So you're saying something about your wife? Yes. she When she was growing up, she ran around with a her best friend was into music. And Buddy Holly would come over to her house and they'd jam. And my wife and her friend would get so mad at him for making so much noise. Oh, my God, you're kidding me. And that was before Buddy became famous. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, because it's noise until you become famous. Once you're famous, it's not noise anymore. That, that's right. It's music that you can sing to. That's I guess right. you could kind of relate that to photography, too. If you shoot really grainy crap, it's just noise until you become famous, and then it's your style. That's right. <laughs> yeah, but again, I'm, I'm going to say it again. Do not confuse quality and style. Absolutely. Well, that's and, right. <laughs> We've had this discussion before, and you were talking about the differences between digital and film. But I think that film makes you a better photographer. You have to know what you're doing and know the basics of photography and the mechanics of photography and understand what you're doing because you don't have the ability to chimp. You can't see it. You make, I, think, I think digital is, is kind of, I don't want to say lowered the bar, but made us all a little lazy. It, oh. I, I think it did. Oh, I that, used you're to, pulling that one out, aren't you? I used to do work for Fur's Cafeterias when their corporate office was in Lubbock. And any time they were... I Cafeterias. You those did? Are, yes, those are awesome. I used to go there all the time. My older... Well, my, my grandmother would always take me there. Yeah. To the Fur's. And, but it was great food. I love the cafeteria oh, yes. style. And they sent me all over the country from the East Coast to the West Coast and up North and down South. And I would photograph any time they would build a new first cafeteria or a bishop's buffet. We would go out. I'd take an assistant. We'd have eight big bags, 75-pound bags of equipment shooting four by five transparencies. So the only test we could do was Polaroid film. Right, yes. And we would go out, do the test with Polaroid and then put the ectochrome film in. And with ectochrome film, you didn't want to be overexposed or underexposed any more than a quarter of a stop. So that's kind of scary. You go out and 
stay out for two days and come back and wait for a week for the film to come back in and uh, proofs to make sure you had it. So that's, you're kind of flying by the seat of your pants and just hoping that yeah, everything turns out. Too. Well, you used your light meters, you did a Polaroid check. I did everything. <laughs> <laughs> you had some tools. I don't think most photographers, they even know what an exposure meter is. No. <laughs> I don't think any of them even know what the, ex- the reflective meter is in their camera doing back They the don't know the difference between a reflective and a, and a incident. incident meter. God. Well, we can talk about this all day long. But yeah, sorry. Can you believe we already went 30 minutes? <laughs> he likes to gab. I'm just saying. Well, you have two Roberts here talking about photography. My God, I should have him as a as a as a guest on the podcast all uh, the time. Yeah, you can be the guest host. We can do it long distance. Yeah, Robert right. Square. <laughs> Robert X two. X two would be awesome. Okay, so before we go, we always have a like a kind of an off the wall question, just to kind of have our listeners know more about your inside personality. So, any camera in the world, what camera would you be and why? You can pick anything. You can go back to the early days of photography or a brand new digital camera today. What would you be and why? I've never been one to just buy just for the purpose of buying, but uh, I'd like to have the. I'm using the Canon. D5 Mark II, uh-huh. and I'd like to have the Mark III, I think. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm not one for, oh, it's bigger and better, i got to have it. Right. So, so why do you want the Mark III? Just because? Uh, Just because is an answer. Better focus mm. capabilities. Um, you can go a higher... ISO? Higher ISO, and just little things like that that would be nice... I have in my business mm-hmm. and not like change everything I'm doing because there's a something new and greater out there. Oh, absolutely. So it's not the megapixels, we're not chasing those anymore? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you have it live with Robert, and we're at PPA, Southwest PPA, Frisco, Texas. Terry, it was really goodbye. a pleasure talking to you. It was, well, it was I enjoyed awesome. it. Well, it was, it was good to meet him over, over a sandwich. Yeah, it was kind of funny because we, yeah. the, we were, it was the first day we were here, I think. It was yesterday. And no, it was yesterday? Yeah. And we were running in to grab a sandwich because we were running a few minutes late and they were standing there with us. Yes. And we ended up eating lunch together, him and his lovely wife, and it, it was, was awful awesome. nice to get to know them. It was great to see. And I'm going to get to see you again in Lubbock. Yes. And we're going to talk more about Buddy Holly. Right. I think it's going to be totally awesome. I'll even take you to see his statue. Oh! Do you, do you want to see his grave? I don't know. I want to see his grave. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody always, you know, like, we, I saw Elvis Presley's grave, you know, at Graceland. Well, I took right. you to see Geronimo's grave in Lawton. Yeah, but it's not Because like you it didn't was, believe me he was buried there. I didn't know. I didn't believe it. Well, actually, his skull's missing from there. It doesn't matter. The rest of them's there. That's the story. His, Geronimo's skull has been lost. His, uh, anyway, that's a complete different story. Sorry. So we're going to wrap it up. Photo Facts Podcast. Thanks for being on the show, Robert. It was totally awesome having you on here. Thank and you. Hopefully, we'll talk again soon in Lubbock. And this is Robert signing off for the Photo Facts Podcast in Southwest PPA. <laughs>